Now it's time for Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in D.C. on The Sean Hannity Show. All right, he's the most connected man in Washington, D.C., but he's our man out and about, and he's on the road. You never know. It's sort of like, where in the world is Jamie Dupree? Forget Matt Lauer. But today, I understand he's in Jacksonville, Florida, in the affiliate studios of WOKV. That's right, Sean. Uh, How you doing, buddy? How you doing, my friend? Well, this is a big night tonight. Certainly is uh, for both sides. I think, uh, you know, we can imagine a scenario where uh, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton could both win every state tonight and really take control and and just about end the fight tonight for their party's nominations. Or we could have a mixed result that uh, keeps this thing going into April. So we'll just have to wait and see. Now, there's a a third poll now that has come out that has Trump Kasich tied in Ohio. Real clear politics average. It's Kasich plus 3.5. I think you also give him the advantage because of organizational advantages on the ground in a state that he's won statewide twice now. So I'd yeah, say- it was interesting watching him in recent days there in Ohio because he's certainly trying to ring sort of the the local establishment bell as often as he can. I mean, he was touting the endorsement of Urban Meyer, the coach of the Ohio State Buckeye football team, uh, the endorsement of Jim Tressel, who used to be the coach and is now the president at Youngstown State, the endorsement of John Boehner, obviously Mitt Romney being out on the stump with Kasich yesterday, even though Romney didn't endorse him. And so, you know, I, what I see from Kasich and what I could tell from being there on the ground is I think they're trying to squeeze every last sort of local vote out and hit every last button. You know, it was interesting. I don't think we got into this yesterday, but when I interviewed some of the Kasich supporters at one stop, uh, it, it, it struck me that a couple of them that I talked to, that they had not arrived at Kasich as their first choice, uh, that it was obvious that they hadn't been looking at Trump, but they were looking at a uh, little Cruz, a little Rubio. Carson seemed to be in play, but it was almost because of the winnowing of the field and the fact that Kasich was their home state governor, that th- that gave him an edge as it moved down to this vote. So that could also play a role in this vote in Ohio as well. And clearly... This is, an impor- yeah, th- this is important for a lot of reasons. If Trump wins Ohio, it's over, I think. Well, Ohio um, plus uh, Florida, I think well, that, you know, yeah, you, I think there could always Florida. be other things that occur tonight. But if he were to win Ohio and Florida, I would assume that that's sort of the start of a big night for him overall. And uh, if, mm-hmm. if he wins one, I mean, I think that the thinking is that he's ahead in Florida. So if he were to win there, that would be 99 delegates. And getting 50% is about 180. uh, about 180 of the delegates is what you would get for 50% tonight for these five states. So he would be well on his way to that. He's certain to pick up delegates in North Carolina, certain to pick up delegates in Missouri and Illinois. Those those last two states, uh, we just don't know how many because there's all the congressional precincts that uh, districts that have to be tabulated tonight that will hand out delegates as well. But certainly win Florida and things get tougher for others. But if Ohio is still a victory for for Governor Kasich, then I think that will allow him to go on and then this will go at least into April. but he doesn't have a path to 12 uh, to 1237. It's okay. He's got a path to be a kingmaker. You know, he's got, he got a path a, to yeah, be, that's true. you know, a favorite so, son with delegates. So here, here's the issue, though. If, if 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 the polls are right, you and I both think they probably are. And Trump wins Florida and the 99 winner take all delegates there loses the 66 winner take all delegates in the Buckeye state. Uh, from that point on, Trump would have to re- win the six remaining winner take all states to avoid any issue as it relates to the convention. And that would mean Arizona on March. 22nd, New Jersey, Montana, South Dakota, which all vote on June 7th, the last day of the primary season. So it would go down to the end at that point. Yeah, I mean, conceivably, it could still have to go for a while, though. You know, what often happens is that we just don't remember. But there's a lot of examples in recent times where the clinch, the clinching moment is not until May uh, for a candidate. It takes a while. It's just by then we've all lost interest because it's obvious that the race isn't going on. It's just a matter of getting all the delegates. I mean, if you look at tonight, North Carolina, for example, is proportional. So if Trump 
Trump gets 40 percent, you know, he'll get 40 percent of the delegates. Missouri and Illinois are a bit more complicated, and especially in Illinois, where there could be some different outcomes. Missouri, uh, if you win the state, you only get a dozen delegates for doing that. And then there are eight congressional districts throughout the state. Each of them is worth five delegates instead of just the three, as we've experienced for most of the time. So what that means is that, you know, uh, a Trump could win statewide, but could maybe run up the score only in one or two of those uh, uh, congressional districts and maybe open the door for Ted Cruz to win some of the others and, and, and keep up with them in a sense. Illinois is what they call a loophole primary. You have uh, you get 15 delegates for winning the state, the Republicans do. But then the actual names of the delegates are on the ballot and you have to vote for those delegate names. Now, the problem is that sometimes there are people who undervote. They vote in the preference primary for president, but they don't go follow through and vote for as many delegates as they could or they don't vote for any. And that can also influence what happens there. Uh, Cruz had a big rally last night. Ted Cruz did in Springfield, Illinois, to wrap things up for himself. And I do think that looking at uh, at the state of Illinois, that Cruz has the chance, I think, in, in the southern half of the state to do well, maybe in some of those congressional districts. Obviously, around the city of Chicago, it's more of a roll of the dice. You would think that Kasich would do well, sort of as he did in Michigan. But then again, Trump did very well in the city of, of Detroit and uh, the immediate Detroit suburbs. So I would watch uh, sort of the immediate Chicago suburbs there to see how well he does. I would think in, in Cicero and Berwyn and, and Palatine and, and Des Plaines, I would have to think that Trump would be pretty strong in those areas. And as we've explained to this audience many times, it gets harder to make our predictions. For example, in Missouri, there's only one poll that has come out. Yep. That's it. Just one. I mean, yeah. you look at the number of polls in Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, Nevada. You know, that all changes late in the process. But yet Missouri has a lot of delegates. Yeah, they do. They've got uh, 64 total. You get a dozen for winning statewide. And for each congressional district that you win, you get five delegates. So there's eight of them. And Ted Cruz has put in uh, some time in Missouri. And I think in the southwestern part of the state and, you know, in between those areas between St. Louis and Kansas City, he could do well. He was in Cape Girardeau the other day. Uh, you know, look, a lot of that is, would be fertile ground, I think, for Trump as well. But Cruz has shown that he can organize well in some of those places. And, you know, uh, Trump did not win in Arkansas or Oklahoma. Missouri really not that far away from that. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens tonight. But there's there's so many permutations, it's hard to predict. But I would say this, Trump getting over 50 percent of the delegates today would be a big deal for him, obviously. Uh, and if he can do that by winning both Ohio and Florida, uh, then all the better for him. Yeah. How close do you expect it to be then in Ohio? I would guess, you know, if the polling has been showing it this close, I, I sort of had the sense that Trump was certainly moving. I, I think his big rallies that he had the last couple of days, the one I was at over the weekend in Cleveland, the one last night outside of Youngstown. Uh, he obviously had a good turnout when I saw him on Sunday outside of Cincinnati and, and in Dayton as well the day before. I mean, he certainly, I think, is on the move. Ohio, though, is, is a slightly different state than others. And I just think there is a bit more to the establishment in Ohio and sort of the old line Republicans. And I just wonder if that plus the Kasich organization and the tentacles that Governor Kasich has around the state uh, from his time as governor and his time in the Congress, if those don't pay off. You know, I just think that he's got a little better organization on the ground uh, than, say, Rubio does here in Florida. That's not to say that Rubio couldn't find some way, uh, you know, look, it was only last Tuesday that speaking to you right now from Michigan, I think I said something like, oh, most people don't think Bernie S Sanders has any chance here. Well, that turned out to be dead wrong. 
wrong because the polls are wrong. I'm not saying the polls are wrong, but we do have to sort of keep that in mind as we look at things tonight. But Trump should pick up if we just if we just, for example, say he wins 99 in Florida. Let's say he does not win in Ohio. He should win about 30, 30, 30 plus in North Carolina. Uh, he should get a bunch in Missouri and Illinois. The question being how many. And if if Ted Cruz could limit him there, uh, you never know. It might not be an overwhelming delegate night for him. But uh, of course, a lot of the scenarios. Then you have the s- nine delegates in the Marianas. Listen, uh, that's a big deal. That was the first territory that uh, that Trump had won in. And just like this weekend, when there were 40 delegates up from some in Wyoming, some in Guam and D.C., and Trump only got one of 40. Hey, getting nine, that's a that's a that's a big deal. Getting all nine, because if, say, Ted Cruz had gotten those nine, that's another group that wouldn't have gone to Trump. He's at about 42 plus percent of the delegates so far. Obviously, to get to that magic number of 50 plus one, he needs to raise that a little. And tonight would take him a a big step forward along those lines. Well, it's important because it it means that at the end he's going to have the most delegates. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, uh, if we get to a situation, I still am not sold on the idea that we're going to have a contested convention. Sure, it's theoretically possible. You know, you can run the numbers and always find a way to do it. But I still think he's in the strongest position overall right now. But again, remember, the the goal is to get to 50 plus one. And if you're not there, uh, you're going to have to expend a lot of energy in order to get there. And certainly the, the blocks of delegates that are, you know, there are two states that will send people to the convention that are unbound, technically. Uh, uncommitted, and that is North Dakota and Colorado. And then the key, as we discussed for a moment yesterday, we really didn't get too deeply into it, is actually just de- determining who those delegates are and the votes for them. Because, uh, you know, you can you can just say, well, Trump has a delegate or a delegate is uncommitted, but that person that gets elected as an uncommitted delegate may actually be a Trump supporter or maybe a Trump opponent, maybe a Cruz supporter, maybe a Rubio supporter. And so uh, those kind of things, uh, the, the schedule, you know, we talk about, Sean, the basic schedule of what's going on. You know, we talk about there's going to be a primary next week uh, in Arizona and one in Utah. But if you go in and look at some of the schedules for the states, you know, let's let's take the state of Iowa, for example, and you look at all the work that still has to be done to select the delegates. They just had Remember, we had the, the caucus was when the first of February. Well, last Saturday, they just had what they call the county conventions. So that's the next step to choose delegates to what's called the district conventions. Then in Iowa on Saturday, April 9th, they have the, the district conventions in each congressional districts to choose the actual people who will be the district delegates delegates to the Republican National Convention. That's some of the delegates. Then in late May, they have a state convention the Republicans do in Iowa, and they select 15 of the remaining 30 delegates to the convention. So there... Every state is replete with these kind of things, almost every state, where these are multiple steps. And Ron Paul's people in 2008 and 2012 were very, very good at getting people into those delegate slots that really agreed more with them than the people they were pledged to. And along the way, they were able to take over parts of the Republican Party in a number of states as well. So those are these kind of things. And these tests are just as important for Donald Trump and Ted Cruz and everybody else. Do we know how that is going At this point, do you know who's putting more effort into that? Uh, I've heard that Cruz is putting more effort into it right now and that he has left behind people in a number of states who are doing exactly that. You know, this is the whole thing. If There's so many levels to running for president. First, it's the ballot access. I mean, we've seen these stories in the last week about how Kasich uh, almost fumbled the ball and didn't get on the ballot in Illinois, and that there's still legal questions for him about Pennsylvania. There's he getting on the, get on the ballot in Pennsylvania. Well, he is officially still, unless I've missed a court ruling. I think it's still in limbo. I think the Rubio people filed their challenge too late, was from what I saw, but maybe I've missed it. But not only getting on the ballot, but then it's signing up for delegates, you know, 
some people uh, sometimes miss the deadlines for getting enough delegates. Then it's the question of actually the election, the caucus, the primary, either one. And then it's following up with all these things to try to figure out, okay, who is going to actually be elected as the delegates to some of these places. And, you know, I think this is the underappreciated part of just how difficult it is. And if we do have a contested election, all of those things come into play later on. Did you see the Daily Caller report quoting a a Republican National Committee Standing Rules Committee member telling them that that convention delegates are not bound to cast their votes at the convention according to primary vote results in the first round of voting? I think this the wo- um, the that this, the, the, this the, woman who from North Dakota, Curly Hagland, her name keeps coming up in every article that seems that she wants trouble. That's the way I interpret this. The I, I think that the the official rules of the party I think are that you're not bound, but then the state parties have rules that do bind you, and so and tell you how you know how many ballots that you have to uh, have to be pledged for. So you know that's every state is different, and that's what makes it very very difficult to try to say well how many delegates would so and so hold on to if we got to that point simply because every state's rules every state's party rules are different on how long you're supposed to stay bound. And then if you get out of a race, then there's a a bunch of different things on that as well. You had said that there's 31 different elections for president today in the GOP race. That's an interesting comment. That's because we have the five regular states. So we have Florida, we have North Carolina, Illinois, Missouri, and Ohio. And then in Missouri and Ohio, we have the extra elections based on the results in the individual congressional districts. There are 18 congressional districts in Illinois. There were three delegates each. So that's 54 delegates right there. So you could conceivably lose the statewide ballot, but you could still win some of those congressional district elections. Remember in Texas two weeks ago today, uh, Ted Cruz won and he rang the bell in every one of the 36 congressional districts in Texas. He won every single one of them. In a lot of them, uh, that day he got two delegates and Trump got one. But it was the fact that he was able to extend his margin over Trump in Texas. So you've got 18 congressional districts that are in play today in Illinois and eight more in Missouri. All right, Jamie Dupree is trying to keep all of this math straight for us. We'll have a quiz in 30 minutes in case uh, (laughs) you need more time to study.